Hey friend, get ready to listen in on some long-form conversations and stories with people who are awakening the church for such a time as this. You'll hear from pastors, authors, advocates, and regular people just like you and me who are all part of the remnant rising to wake the church up. Hey guys, it's Brittany Jones. Welcome to another episode of the All My Favorite People podcast. With me today, I have a new friend who I cannot wait to have you hear from, and so she can share all about what we are up to these days, my friend Christy Divadilli. Hey, Christy, how are you? Hi, Brittany. I'm great. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for coming on today. Um, Christy and I, most recently, uh, end of January, beginning of February, took on a new role here in Florida, and if you guys know me, you know I'm always doing 37 things, and this is thing number 38. So, (laughs) but I'm really excited to have Christy come on and share with you all about it. Christy is the program director of the Alternative Education Solutions with Florida Citizens Alliance, um, which is a fancy way to say she's heading up our micro school initiative here in Florida. And so I'm going to have her share with you guys a little bit about herself to begin. And then Christy, you and I can jump into a conversation about micro schools. So take it away. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brittany. And thank you for uh, for having me here today. I, I look forward to uh, all things micro schools. And, um, and, and I really think it's interesting what you're doing here with this podcast and the, all my favorite people. Um, and I'm happy that I'm one of them. So thank you for that. But uh, so a little bit about me. So I was that uh, I'm actually an eighth generation Floridian. I was born and raised right here in Lee County and uh, which is in the Southwest Florida area. Uh, my family was further south before that, you know, in the Naples area. And then, you know, we we were some of the original pioneers of Florida. So they just travel up from there. I'm probably like a third relation to most of the people, most of the big named people that you hear about, like in the state of Florida. But we have no idea who we who each other are. It's pretty neat. But um, so cool. I say all of that to say that, you know, I, I am I am to have deep roots here in the state of Florida. And I, I have a very I'm passionate about what our education system has become. And, you know, I grew up in this education system. I have very fond memories of um, growing up in our schools around here. And I but I also have a lot of very sad memories as well. And, you know, when they took special programs away from us, or, you know, I had to repeat algebra for a second time because um, I just don't learn the same way other people do. And, you know, it's, it's been a very, it's been very interesting growing up here and now being an adult and being involved in, um, in education in the state of Florida, because you're kind of coming full circle. And I spent, um, so I grew up, as I was saying, I grew up here went to schools here and I I graduated from high school here. And then I went into um, all different types of work around, you know, around our area, everything from construction management and real estate to insurance sales. And uh, I finally found my passion when, when God actually called me into it. And when he called me into ministry Hmm. and uh, I, I remember we were attending a new church and I was volunteering for VBS and I just loved it so much. Uh, And I loved the kids. I just loved the whole experience. And I I remember, um, I remember taking it because I was in my shower and I I remember hearing God say to me, this is what I've called you to do. I want you to get into ministry. And I I was saying to God, what do you be? I've never done any of this before. I'm not qualified for any of this. Who am I to teach anybody's kids anything, especially anything about Christ? And, you know, I, but I was obedient. So I went to my church leadership and I told them about uh, what what I felt I heard from God. And, you know, they, they poured into me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so after time, I started serving in ministry. And I, ultimately, I ended up becoming uh, our children's ministry director, which is was which is a very, you know, uh, which is another word for. Well, they're, they're pastor, they're children's pastor. I was over yeah. there. I was over there kindergarten through fifth grade children's ministry. And, um, when it was, when it was handed over to me, it was through church transition. So we had a, a very minuscule, very small congregation. I think we only had around 29, about 29 leaders stuck around. And I had, 
uh, roughly around 75 kids in my, you know, in my congregation. But man, it was great because I was green at this. I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew that I, I wanted to be obedient to God. And um, I, I found out really quickly that I was a logistics person. So I could sit in the same room with a dreamer and I could, <laughs> I could lovingly poke holes in their dreams and make them happen and make them a reality. And so that worked really well in ministry. And we were able to grow this really small ministry of 75 kids and 29 leaders into a, a beautiful uh, ministry of over 500 regular attending kids and over a hundred, uh, over a hundred you know, volunteers each weekend. So it was, I was very good at what I did and I loved it so very much. Um, I actually, you know, if I didn't have the feelings and thoughts that I do about all of that, which we'll get into in a minute that I do now, I would still be in it because it was just, there's nothing more fulfilling than knowing that, that you've been a part of a child's discipleship and, and their journey, you know, to, to, to discovering who they are in Christ. And I, um, I'm, I always was a mom first. So if they needed a mom, you know, I, I was a mom and that meant that, you know, worship was taken seriously. And even if that meant I was going to stop us right in the middle of it and have it correct someone right in the middle of worship. But, you know, the, my kids didn't care because they knew that I loved them. And with love comes correction. And I, it was it was a wonderful thing. But all, all good, as all good things, you know, sometimes do they come to an end. And that happened when COVID hit. So I felt like God, when COVID happened and the world just totally went crazy, we all got sent home with our kids. And I went from being a parent that was very active in my kids' PTAs. I was a, I was a classroom mom. I was on SAP committee. Like as if, if there was something to be involved in, I was doing it. Um, I was always on the teacher's side when my kids would come home and they'd tell me all these well, let's just say horror stories because at the time I thought they were lion's tales because why, what reason did I have not to trust my kid's school, you know? So I, um, I believed the teachers most of the time. And uh, I was very much a teach an advocate of teachers. But then COVID happened and we all got sent home with our, or our kids got sent home with us. And my office, which is right across, I'm in my daughter's room right now, but my office, which is right across the, the, the hallway from us, became a classroom and it became an office slash classroom. And we had we had first grade going on, eighth grade going on and ninth grade in the next room. <laughs> and for the first time in a long time, I got to see exactly what my kids were learning. Mm -hmm. And it only took me, it took one semester of civics. That was it for me. And I, um, I had to pull my eighth grader. I th it, it was, it was either that, or I was going to like go to the news or something because I didn't know what else to do. I had never, I had never had to advocate for my kids like that before. And I was honestly, I was ill-equipped. Hmm. So I figured I don't know how to fight it. So I'm just going to pull him. And that's what I did. I pulled my daughter and we started homeschooling her, uh, at home. And, um, we had already been homeschooling my younger, my youngest for a couple of years, we about a year before COVID. So we were feeling like you know, we could do this. Um, and, but my ninth grader, she, she remained in the, in the virtual program, you know, at the home connect program, uh, throughout that ninth grade school year. And I just watched, uh, over that, not over that freshman year of high school, I watched my gifted student that had a 4.0 GPA all A's, um, just bubbly, bright, beautiful young lady. I just watched her just slowly deteriorate. And the kid that I had all A's, you know, now had three D's and was failing her classes and was was suffering from depression. And I, I was like, I, what is this? Like, I can't, what's happening to my kids. I have to do something about this. I still didn't know what to do though. So like I'm sure all, most of us did at that time, I start Googling and I'm like looking for like medical freedom and like, how do I get involved at my school board? And so I, I showed up to the school board meeting. Uh, I had, I just Googled it. I looked it up and I, I saw that, you know, masks were being talked about and that was the big issue in our house. We couldn't, our kids couldn't go back to school because of the masks. And uh, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go and maybe I'll talk. I'm not really sure, I, I, but I'm just going to go. And I went with some of my Freedom Keeper friends and uh, and it was two 
rooms, not even including the boardroom when I got there. So when I got there, there were hundreds of parents there. And I was in one of the overflow rooms. So I wasn't even in the main boardroom. And I'm sitting in this overflow room with all of these parents and um, with some of my Freedom Keeper friends. And we're watching this board meeting take place and we're watching public comments and we're watching all of these parents get up and these community leaders, but mostly parents. And um, we're hearing these parents and they're they're in tears and they're begging the school district to do something. And I, I tell you, if they didn't even blink. It was like it was like we weren't even there in the same room. And as a, as as egregious as that was, or as offensive as that was, it wasn't even the most offensive part of the night. The most offensive part of that night was when public comment was over. Because I watched one, I watched, it was me and one other family eventually, but we watched one by one, all of these parents get up and leave. They just got up and leave. And before you knew it, like I said, it was me and one other family in one overflow room. And the rest of it was empty. And for the next three and a half hours, our board went about their business. And their business was multi-million dollar real estate deals and several hundreds of thousands of dollars in contracts to vendors and these MOUs between the Archdiocese of Venice and our school. And I'm like, what is, like, I'm not a genius, but something is wrong here. <laughs> And I made a commitment to myself that day. I said, you know what? I might not be anybody in this world, but I I can't forget what I've seen today. And I'm gonna be the biggest pain in these people's butt that they've ever seen. Like there, we're not, this isn't gonna happen anymore. And so I just got involved. I started attending, I went to a I went to a meeting uh about uh, like it was a it was a Patriot Project meeting out in Collier County that my friend um that my friend Dan was hosting. And I met my friend Denise there. And from there, she had this organization that she had started because the same thing, you know, that the same thing happened to her. She's a grandma and she was an ex-superintendent up in Long Island. And she's seeing all this going on. And she creates take this uh, organization called Take Action Patriots. Mm -hmm. And between uh, and so and we started organizing people And before you knew it, we could fill up a boardroom with hundreds of people. And we could organize parents and we were writing, uh, we were writing petitions to get board members, uh, recalled, even though, you know, it was, even though it was a, a losing battle, <laughs> we were fighting back and we were winning. We, we got masks taken off our kids. We discovered, we got a, a superintendent removed. Um, I, I mean, it was really, it was really quite invigorating to be a part of a movement of parents that were fighting for the rights of their kids. But what was the coolest part was that in the midst of all of this stuff, I get a call from a friend of mine and they say, hey, would you be interested in um, the governor's getting ready to sign some legislation, um, getting rid of the mask mandate? And he needs some parents to test that he wants some parent stories, you know, and he's heard your story. And, you know, would you and your daughter be willing to come out and, and you know, and talk that day? I was like, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it was so neat because I was, I was one of, uh, my daughter and I were one of, I think, five families that were able to meet the governor that day. We were there for the signing of that executive order that was removing the mask mandate, off, mask mandates out of our school. And it was just so cool to see how just one action, you know, just to say, make it determining that I'm going to do something has now resulted to this and it's gotten us this far. And it was just so cool to see. And I'm not going to tell you the whole story because I could go on and on, but that was just the beginning where I am now. Yeah. And, and I say, I just say that because there's, I'm sure you've got parents out there and people listening to you out there that are just like right on the edge and they, they want to get involved, but they're not really sure if they should, because is it going to be worth it? Mm. And yes. It's worth it every single time. Yes. Oh my gosh. I totally agree. And I, that story resonates with me so much. I, it's very similar to how I ended up getting involved, like just decided, okay, now's the time. Like, you know, I think as Christians and, and mama bears, right. There's, there comes a point where you like, you mess with me. I can handle it. I'm a big girl. You mess with my kids. 
and you're going to feel the claws, right? Like mama bear is coming out. And so for me, it was like, now's the time. I had never done that. I mean, my oldest is 18. I had never been to a school board meeting, um, but it, it was like, now is the time. And we, you know, couple of us, and there might've been five of us that showed up at that very mm-hmm. first meeting in Orlando. <laughs> and each one of us got up there. Some of our kids got up there and spoke and you know, for me, and I've shared this many times on the podcast, but with our youngest son, Bo, he was nonverbal at at the age of three, he had nine words. So by the time he was going into, you know, he COVID shut the whole thing down midway through his second VPK year, he was finally talking. He, um, I actually yesterday was just looking through a bunch of videos of him from that time. And it was kind of a blessing in the sense that I was recording things for his teacher. So I have all these videos of like, just this amazing breakthrough that we were having with him. Um, But then to send him to kindergarten with a mask on felt so wrong. It felt Mm -hmm. so wrong. And he had worked so hard. And I get it. Like, it's not just about my child, right? I think at the time, so many of us, some of us, I should say, were like, okay, we'll do it because we don't know what this thing is. And we're going to be cautious. And we're going to take precautions and things like that. And then it got to the point where you could see pretty clearly if you had eyes to see and ears to hear that that was not what was happening anymore. And, and that's when that sort of like righteous indignation where I'm like, no, my (sighs) hard, you know, he deserves to breathe fresh air. And so, um, and to see his teacher's mouth and to be able to speak and smile and yeah, you know, and so uh, it hit home for us too. And that was definitely uh, I think the catalyst to, myself getting involved, but so, so many others. But I love to your point, there are still people who are um, maybe a little hesitant to mm-hmm. step into maybe going to a school board meeting and speaking their their mind or even emailing your school board. Like you don't necessarily have to show up per se, but doing something I think is a great first step for a lot of people who aren't quite there yet. Um, You know, Brittany, I talk to parents a lot and I talk to parents that are afraid to even communicate with their children's teachers about mm -hmm. things. And, you know, that I I like to tell parents a lot that you have to look at that relationship, not only between you and your and your child's teacher, but especially between that, but between your you, you and your child's school district, the school, their principal and the teacher as if it were a co-parenting relationship, because at the end of the day, that's what it is. And we, as much as we may not want to admit that if we're allowing our children to go to a school for six to eight hours of their day, five days a week, the the fact is that we are co-parenting our child with that person. And we have, it would, we would never want None of us, even us divorced, I'm divorced you know, I'm, and remarried. So I know exactly what it's like to have, I have to co-parent uh, with my, with my, uh, with my ex and our, our two older girls. And no one wants to have a dysfunctional, toxic co-parenting relationship. And most of the toxicity comes because of miscommunications or lack of communication. It's, I mean, not every teacher is bad. And, and I would argue that right now, we have, we only have a few left and the ones that are left are either really, really bad or they're there because they love your kids. So if they love your kids, it, it, it means something to, uh, to have a good co-parenting relationship with them. And it all starts with the teacher, you know, and, it, and, and, and there's a natural, but you probably talk to your, your, your viewers about this, that natural chain of command, you know, and there's times when you don't follow that chain and you like maybe jump a step I'll tell you I just did it the other day I went right past my kids teacher because I'm done I'm so done I was done back in August and so I and 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 because I I know that and I've made the connections I've made and I've built the relationships that I've built with the people in the district I just went right to the superintendent's office because I'm not dealing with it anymore but this is but you have to know like if you are if you build those relationships then you have then you have the ability to choose who you're going to talk to about those things. Yeah, no, I that's so good because I think you know a big part of this conversation too is that we're vilifying teachers, mm-hmm. and if if you have had my child and you're a teacher, you already know that I love you. Like yeah. we, I am still in contact with 
pretty much all of my kids' teachers. And uh, like literally my my son who's 19, I'm I'm friends on Facebook and we've kept up over the years with his kindergarten teacher. So that's you, normally how it is though. Yeah, if you I, you know I want to see yeah. that. I want to see that in middle school. Yeah. I want to see that in high school. Yeah. I still am friends. I'm Facebook friends with multiple of my kids' elementary school teachers. Yeah. Cause they were awesome yeah. and they wanted my help and they wanted to co-parent together. Yeah. It's like the minute they walk into middle school, the doors are shut in your face. We no longer do parent-teacher conferences. It's get out. These are grown-ups now. And it's like, no, 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 no. We should, we need to be pressing in more as yeah. they get older. They need more positive adult influences in their life as they get older. Absolutely. So I, I'm I'm right there with you. I, it, with, I, and I think it's amazing that you love your children's teachers and that you can say that with confidence. Because they are not the villains in this situation. They're the victims just like our kids. I totally agree. I think that is the perfect segue, my <laughs> friend, into talking about micro schools because um, micro schools are not, you know, they're not prevalent uh, in Florida or even around the country really yet. And some people don't even really know what that means when we say it. So I am working with Christy at Florida Citizens Alliance to help bring micro schools um, to Florida and also just help families find uh, a homeschool solution that works for their family specifically. So mm -hmm. I'm going to kind of play dumb a little and we're going to talk with Christy and she's going to answer some questions that I had just a few months ago. Like so many of you, what is a micro school, Christy? So a micro school can go by many different uh, definitions uh, because it, is, it can be very fluid and it can look like a lot of different things. But for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to say that a micro school is a one-room schoolhouse with children of varying ages. Um, some people like to put them in tiers of, you know, kindergarten through third, fourth through whatever, but it can literally, it could be whatever. You could have, and it's, it's typically between 10, it could be 10, about around 10 students. If you're overzealous or over an overachiever, you could, pro, you could have anywhere up to like 30 in a classroom. It really all depends on the, uh, the level of experience of the, uh, I would say the classroom management experience of, of whoever is uh, facilitating the learning environment. But um, the beauty of a micro school is that it's governed by homeschool law. So parent and parents are the ultimate driver uh, in their child's education. So um, in the, there are ways to make it easier. So I'll just give you a hypothetical scenario. Let's say I wanted to start a micro school and I wanted to do so with some of my neighbors. And I have the neighbor across the street from me. She has a daughter that's about two or three years younger than mine. Um, so I think she's probably in third grade. And then she has another daughter that's in kindergarten. And let's say I wanted to invite the neighbors as well that are next to me. And they have uh, someone that's in the same grade as my daughter. So a fifth grader and they have a ninth grader. So we're looking at, so we've got kindergarten, third, two fifth grade and one ninth grade. So you've got, that's not even that many students actually. That's only five. And we can add some more in there. But if in, in a situation like that, all of the parents if I were the educator or if I were the learning environment, learning environment facilitator, I would have them all on the same curriculum. And I would do that because it would be easier for me as the facilitator to facilitate that learning environment. Where I might make some adjustments is that ninth grader, because there's a little bit more autonomy there. They're a little bit older and they can handle, you know, things more independently. So I might choose a different curriculum for that one. But um, but the others, I'm going to pick one curriculum for. And because this is not public school and because we can we as parents can decide how we want to educate our kids, we then we as parents have a conversation of how many days a week do we want this to look like? Do we want this to be a full week? If so, great. If not, do we want it to be three days? Do we want it to be four? What do, you know, do we want to do part of it at home and then do or how to and then we talk about where? So do we want to maybe do this at my house or do we want to rotate between our houses? Do we want to go out and ask our church if we can just use some space that they have or we could go to the rec center? Like there are so many different opportunities that you can bring in, you know, when it comes to locations. But first we're talking or gathering. Then we're deciding on structure and what that looks like, a curriculum, what that looks like, all still under homeschool law, right? 
So parents are still deciding all of these things. And then what we would do from there is we'd find an, if it were me, so, cause you can do this however you want, but if it were me, I'd be looking for someone to educate my kids because I'm trying to work. So I'm looking for someone that, um, if it, me personally, and remember, I'm going to keep repeating that because this is going to, this is a re-education campaign that we're on here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to keep repeating that this is me personally, because what it can look like for me can look so different than what it looks like for you. But me personally, I'm going to look for somebody that maybe isn't necessarily a teacher, but somebody that knows how to manage a classroom because the curriculum that I'm going to choose is going to do all the work for the educator. I really just want someone in there that my kid's not going to mess around while they're doing work, but that they also like that, you know, likes them, you know, someone that believes the same things that I believe has the same values and morals that I do and that, you know, and, and, and that my neighbors do. And, um, and then we're going to, then we have a micro, we literally have a micro school there. That is a micro school. And that is one version of it that, I mean, there are so many different versions of it. So that it can look like, it can look like something like that, or it could look like, um, 30 kids in a church and a church wants to start, uh, let's say a, a church has 30 kids in their congregation and they want to just, they want to start a ministry, another ministry in their church. They can do that all outside of private school law, all outside of all that mess. And um, they can start a micro school. Parents can homeschool. It's still under homeschool law. So what church is, because churches are the most protected under our constitution, it would just be, they would simply just be starting a ministry, another ministry, just like a women's ministry or a men's ministry. Um, And that's only if they really want to be involved in what's going on in the micro school. They don't even have to, if they don't want to be involved and they could just let their space be used. Like we've got a church here in uh, in Cape Coral and he just, he literally just wants his space to be used Monday through Friday. And he just wants parents to pull their kids from public schools. So he's willing to let them use their space to micro, to, to start a micro school and get their kids out. Mm-hmm. If you don't have to have a solution for everybody, you just need to have a solution for a few. Because if you find a solution and they find a solution and they find a solution, before you know it, we're we're putting a big dent in what the public education system is offering and we're forcing them to make a change. Yes. Yes. And Did I that feel answer like, your question? Absolutely. And I feel like there's because there's so few things that look like this right now, there's for most parents, not really a viable option of, of like another choice, right? Like Mm -hmm. you've got public school, you've got Christian school, you've got private school, you have homeschool, but there's so many parents that rely on the public school system for lack of a better term for childcare, if you Mm -hmm. will, in that, you know, it, it, we really need to come alongside parents and create something that they need that will work for them, for their schedule, for their life. Um, and I really think micro schools are the answer for that. So I'm super excited about this. Just a little quick backstory. I got this email from Florida Citizens Alliance end of January. And 10 days later, I was in Missouri learning about one of the um, curriculums that we are working together with or that we're partnering with. And for me, it was like this deep it just this deep kind of gut check in my own soul that said like, yes, this is the answer. This is the missing piece, the missing Mm -hmm. link. So um, let's talk a little bit about some of those different curriculums because Florida Citizens Alliance has actually been doing a lot of work legislatively, um, just different things throughout Florida for a while. Um, Mm -hmm. And I am now just sort of familiar with them as of this year. And so I jumped right on board. God was like, you're doing this. Um, And so here I am. And so, but we've partnered now with, I think, five um, different curriculum providers. And I'm going to have Christy kind of give you like a little blurb, a little summary (laughs) of what, um, of what each of those look like, because they're all very different. And I'll just kind of say this too. The reason they're all very different is because no two families look alike. No two programs are going to work for every child. Christy and I come from Florida Freedom Keepers. We're, we're medical freedom chicks. And there's something that is like, you know, well known in that community and in our verbiage or in that community, which is 
nothing is one size fits all, right? Just like the masks, just like the other thing that I won't say. There's no such thing as a one size fits all solution. And so homeschooling and microschooling, co-oping, any of those things, like there's not going to be one thing that works for everyone. So we vetted five different curriculum providers who offer very different solutions so that your family can find something that works perfectly for you. And and even, you know, if you have two kids, you might end up with two different programs there too. So uh-huh. whatever works for you, we've got, hopefully have an answer for you in that. So take it away, Christy. I'm going to let you talk about the curriculums that we are offering. All right. So, um, and it's funny because as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, you know, this sounds like Walmart. It sounds like there's too many options. <laughs> I was like, but that's what it is. So I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really dedicated to actually be on the screen behind my zoom screen right now. I have uh, decision trees and flow charts and um, I'm, I'm really trying to uh, autonomize this process a little bit better for parents so that it's not so as much as we say, we don't want a one size fits all. We have been programmed to believe that we need it for so long. So it's very difficult. And, and a lot of us, especially like I'm this way when I go to grocery stores, at least we get, I can get very overwhelmed when I have too many of the same, cho- of, of, of too many choices, to be mm-hmm. honest. And I'll end up not getting something because I just don't know exactly which one I want. And I'm like, oh, just forget about it. And so I can see how this might feel like that to some parents. And I just want to say, it might feel like that right now. And it might look like you're like throwing darts at the wall. But that's only because I want you, we want you to understand where your freedom is and how much freedom you have when it comes to your children's education. And and it's not to intimidate you or to leave you feeling ill-equipped after this conversation. We want you to feel equipped. So rest assured that, yes, it can look like anything, but Florida Citizens Alliance and people like Brittany um, and our ambassadors, that's what we're here for. We're here because we want to uh, we want to help you navigate that. So I say all of that because I, I was hearing Brittany for a minute there and I was hearing myself back. I'm thinking, hmm, that sounds a little intimidating. (laughs) And I don't want any of this to feel intimidating, but let's get to those curriculum providers. So Brittany was bringing up My Father's World, and I absolutely love them. So we're going to start with them. My Father's World is a God-centric, faith-based curriculum that doesn't just have Bible, you know, skirting alongside of it. It has it has the Holy Spirit and the Bible interwoven into every single subject area, um, including the extracurricular ones, you know, the ones that are not your basic common courses. Uh, and it's it's beautifully written. It's simple, which is wonderful. Uh, you don't need all of these extra frills and, and, and colors and all these things for kids. It's really very distracting. And David and his wife, Marie, they just, they realized that and they were like, listen, we need to keep this, we, we need to keep this simple because that's going to be the way the kids learn the best. And not to say that they've spared any expense on the curriculum. I think Brittany has seen it. I, I've seen it. It's go- It's amazing and wonderfully made. Um, and the best part about it is that anyone can use it. Anyone could start and teach their kids tomorrow. You could have little to no reading experience. You could be like me, not the best at math. And guess what? You could teach math. You could teach reading, you could teach English, you could teach any subject because they've already done the work for you. The instructional manuals are written out where it quite literally says, say this, do this, cut out this. Um, I mean, it's so simple that it is a great onboarding point or a great starting point for parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe, and, and it's also not the most challenging. And I'm going to say that in a, as a benefit, not as a, as a detriment, because we all, we, we all realize that our public education system is failing us and that our children are graduating uh, with a reading at a, at a reading level of fourth grade or below uh, for the most part. So a curriculum that may not be super challenging at first is a good thing because it's going to help get them where they need to be uh, at, at very quickly. 
and 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 you know that it's at, it's going to be grounded like that they're that it's actually like that they're learning singapore math like real math not you know this crazy math that we learn but um my father's world is another great aspect of my father's world is their book uh their uh, what's it called their book bit now basket. what's it called their book basket so marie uh david's wife and david and marie hazel are, are the are, are the owners and the, the the creators of my father's world marie has vetted uh, and read over 40,000 library books uh public library books because they wanted to create a book basket that was easily accessible for children and they're super smart because they wanted to keep these amazing classic books in rotation in the li- in our public libraries and the more you request a book the more they keep it around so it kills two birds with one stone and it's so convenient for parents because you have 40,000 books that you know have already been vetted are not woke are historically accurate and they're not going to it's not going to you know rob your children of their innocence and you can get it right at your public library. So my father's world is wonderful. And I think I've said that this is the best part like three times, but I'm going to say it one more time. I think maybe the best part is that you can you can educate your child for a, approximately or around 300 to $400 per child per year, which if you look into homeschool curriculums, if you look into private school curriculums, that is next to nothing. Next yeah. to nothing. I would compare it, honestly, even to a, pri- a public school. So in in public schools, we all know we have school supply lists in the beginning of the school year. We have proms. If we're, I mean, one prom will cost you more than that curriculum. Yeah, just saying, (laughs) just throwing it out there. Um, So there are, we spend a lot of money as parents in public schools. And this right here is a very, very inexpensive way of pulling your kids out and doing it immediately. You don't, oh, I keep saying the best part, but they teach, uh, their curriculum comes in different tiers. So the first tier is pre-kindergarten through third grade, which means that you can teach anyone from pre-kindergarten through third grade in the same classroom, the same curriculum. Uh, The next is fourth through eighth grade, right? Am I correct on that? I think so, yeah. I think I am. Mm -hmm. Fourth through eighth grade, and then ninth through twelfth. Uh, but the beauty of it is, is that if, if you have a child in kindergarten and you start them off in my father's world and you graduate them all, you know, if you send them all the way through, they will have read the Bible in its entirety three whole times. And I can't say that for a lot of adults, yeah. so, so myself included. So, <laughs> I mean, that is <laughs> so my father's world is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, the next on the list would be faith, the foundation for American Christian education. And um, they offer they offer a curriculum. It's called the NOAA Plan. It is very well written. It has wonderful instruction manuals. Um, it is at a, it's at a little bit of a higher level, a um, little bit of a higher uh, difficulty level, or, or cha- it's a little bit more challenging than my father's world. But that's because of the approach and methodology that's taken. So what foundation? What the Foundation for American Christian Education does, and the uh, service that we have vetted and are offering to um, the community or or whoever works with us, is uh, is the principled approach. And the principled approach to to teaching and learning is there are seven principles that um, that they believe are foundational to to raising. Um, raising a society of sound people, you know, and their biblical principles that have been around since the founding of our, our nation. And, uh, and they, they've created a teaching methodology and pedagogy based around these principles. And at the end of the day, the principled approach is all about character development. It's not about what the well, you know, what the sentence structure was or why you're doing this problem like this or, you know, what what was going on in our country at that time. It's how did that how did that character? How do you think that made that character feel when he made that decision? How do you think that affected his family? What do you think that was like for his faith? You know, taking taking world events and saying, well, What's that look like in today's society? And how would you as a believer argue that in a way that still shows love and compassion? And it equips our kids to have real conversations when they you know, later in life that that they can where they can stand up for their faith and defend themselves in a in well in the world and they and they're wicked smart too. <laughs> so that doesn't uh, that doesn't hurt anything. Yeah, I love that one because 
Well, I love my father's world immensely as Christy knows. Um, and that the whole rest of the world now knows, but, um, face foundation for American Christian education. I love that. It's more of a, um, it's about question, like kind of to your point, it's about question asking. It's about getting kind of to the heart or to the root Mm -hmm. of, of, um, of the subject. And another thing that I love because I've been going through their training is, um, it's, it's in a way it's really about turning the parent's heart back to the children and the children's heart back to the parent. And, um, I love that. And I love that as a parent who would adopt this approach, you are learning a ton yourself. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, it's in a way it's, it's creating a bond and a relationship with your child because you're learning together. And because Mm -hmm. the parent isn't the teacher, per se, it's like you let the sort of the curriculum teach mm-hmm. and you are asking questions, getting responses, they're journaling, they're creating like a portfolio for themselves, things that are their own ideas, their own mm-hmm. um, views of how, you know, that particular subject or story played out all through a biblical lens. So it's, it's, it's one part education. And in my opinion, another part, almost like apologetics where to your point, Christy, where they're able to go out into the world as like solid Christians who know why they believe what they believe. Yeah, you're exactly right. And you know, that is, that is only one side of this, uh, of, of a two-sided coin in, yeah. that faith offers. Actually, they offer many different, um, they offer many different opportunities for, for parents, community leaders, um, students to, to, to learn how to, uh, learn from a biblical worldview. Cause that, that's their big, that is, that's the big, um, well, that's their main goal in all of this is to teach people how to learn and then teach from a biblical worldview. We've all been taught how to learn from a worldly, you know, worldview. We've been taught to go to, you know, we've been taught to go to, well, back in the day, it was encyclopedias yes. and, you know, exactly. You know, we were taught to go to, to primary sources for information, but in today's society, our kids are taught to go to Google and then they're taught to cite it. And then they're taught to make, but you get a lot of fluff in that. And what I love about the principled approach is that they take teachers, they take parents, they take any anyone who wants to learn how to actually learn to teach from a biblical worldview. They take them and they teach them how to do that. And, and it's all done using the prime, when I say primary sources, I mean primary sources. I mean, like we're going back to the 1828 Webster's Dictionary and, and we're doing, we're doing word searches and we're, we're, we're deep digging into, um, we're going into the Bible to look up, uh, to, to look into everything, everything yeah. from English to, to math. We're, we're going to the Bible. We're going to the word to see what God says about that before we go into what the world says about that and yeah. how we would actually apply that. And, and, and what I love about them is that in every single classroom that you walk into in a principled approach school, they, they have a, the biblical timeline on the wall. And they do that because in every single thing that they teach, it doesn't matter what subject it is. It doesn't matter. They could be talking about world events. They always reference to the timeline and they say, okay, well, where were we on the timeline, you know, in, in, at this point and whatever, and they're constantly bringing kids back to, well, where were we then? And where, you know, where were, where was the Bible back? You know, where were we at in the Bible then? And you know, when this was going on, or they're constantly keeping kids in, in, re, in remembrance of what's going on in the word and how we can apply that to life. And, but the best part I think about faith is their principled approach um, with, with educators, you know, because our educators, it's our rescue plan for, this is our rescue plan for teachers. And, um, it, and it's, it is that way because we realize that our teachers, They've been indoctrinated more than anyone else. They spent, you know, if they went to college and they got their certification, I know a lot of laws have changed in a lot of places. And I know even here in Florida, you can career change and become a teacher now. um, Or you could just be like me and be the spouse of a veteran and become a teacher now. You know, you don't really have to have many qualifications. Exactly. You don't really have to have many qualifications. 
to be a teacher now. And for, for those, for those teachers that went out and they put in the hard work and they put in the time and they spent all that time in school, you know, for a lot of them, we're talking like 12 or 15 or so. Yeah. I mean, if they went and they got their master's and their doctorate and their, I mean, we're talking a lot of school. That's Mm -hmm. a lot of indoctrination, a lot. Mm -hmm. And there's no way even that, that even the best, most Christian, most pious person is going to come out unscathed. You cannot live in, you know, in the lion's den and not pick up any, any hair along the way. Like you're, it's going to happen. So this principled approach is what I like to call the unbrainwashing, the unindoctrinating of our teachers. And I spent, I'll, I'll just give you a tiny little story real fast. I spent on Saturday about two and a half hours with a teacher in our area. And um, it was a heartbreaking conversation because our teachers are abused here in the state of Florida. And I mean, I'm sure it's across the country, but I, I just know I only know my experience here. And I talk to a lot of teachers here and they all tell me the same thing. First of all, there's not that many teachers left like there were, you know, even three or four years ago. Um, and the ones that, like I said, the ones that are, they're either there because they just get away with murder or they're there because they have to be there because it's paying their bills or they're there because they love your children and they don't want to see your children suffer. So I'm sitting here with this teacher and she's only been with us for a couple of years. She came right after COVID. Uh, so she doesn't know all, all of the, all of the craziness. She just knows she moved to a conservative County and uh, that she's going into what she thinks is a good school. Yeah. And now she's sitting here in tears because for the last two years, they have done nothing but intimidate her and bully her and, and micromanage her. And, you know, she's now got all the, these health problems, these stress-induced health problems. And as I'm sitting here listening to her, my only answer to her was, let's get you out. Let's just get you out. You shouldn't be there anymore. Just they say it reminded me of talking to someone that was an abuse in an abusive relationship. And and I'm I'm sure that if you've got any listeners out there that know someone who's been in an abusive relationship, you just want to rescue them. You just want to be like, come, come home with me. I'll take care of you. That's what I want to do for this person. And you know what's so cool though is that at the end of this conversation I had with her, she said to me, you know what? there's other teachers that we should rescue too. Mm. And I said, well, yeah, there, of course there are. And she said, you know, because I want to rescue kids. I want to take some, I, I said, well, let's take some of them with you. you know, let, let's take them with you. So now we've got a teacher that is working on, you know, I, I would, I'm going to say an underground, you know, exit plan. Yeah. And they're rescuing families that are experiencing trauma in our school system right now. Yeah. Like what, what, what more beautiful, what more beautiful thing could you think of? But, but I said, I told you that little story because I had a point and that was, but I sent her to, um, I gave her the link for the face training because when we talked, I said to her, I was like, listen, you teachers have been indoctrinated too. And she said, I know, I know, but I don't know what to do about it. And I said, well, let me show you this. I showed it to her She uh, last night, and she has been texting me all day today with all of these follow-up questions. She wants to bring teachers to go with her. And this is how we're going to change America. If yeah. we can get our teachers out, and we can shut these schools down, and we can start having all of these teachers start their own businesses and their own micro schools, oh, what a beautiful world it would be. Yeah. Um, but it'll be, And it'll be places like FACE that help us do that because they're literally providing professional development for our educators. Yes. Oh, I love it. I, I've so enjoyed sitting in on the training and the class that I'm in right now and seeing that approach. Um, I wish I had heard this years and years ago, I, know. I would have never put my kids in public school in the first place, right? Because it, it's, um, it's relationship at the core, I think, um, building those foundational, mm-hmm. you know, um, characters in your kiddos. And so I absolutely love it. All right, we're gonna talk fast about the next three. If that'll be easy. Okay, so those will be easy. 
Next, we've got Freedom Project Academy. And Freedom Project, Freedom Project Academy is wonderful for military families, and it's great for families that are on the go. It's a virtual program, and let me tell you, they do it better than anybody else out there. Um, it is super liberty-minded, uh, and open enrollment is right now. Uh, yeah. if, uh, if you want any information on that one, I- I'm not going to go deep into that one because it speaks for itself. And and I would not do it any justice because it speaks for itself. It has an, a list of accolades and a list of supporters that uh, it could fill a book. Um, everyone from like Tucker Carlson and um, uh, I'm pretty who else? I know you know who and all are. Uh, I think Ben Shapiro and ben Sh- yep. uh, Charlie Kirk. I want there are say, so many. Yeah, there's a bunch. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's a wonderful virtual pro, uh, virtual uh, school option for parents uh, and. The next would be, what do we have? Oh, classical conversations. Love them. So classical conversations, if if you're a if you're a parent that wants to get your kid out and you have you have the ability to like homeschool them, but you're not really sure that you can really you're really comfortable doing that and you want to do it in community, classical conversations is wonderful because it's a homeschool model, but it has uh they have a community uh, a community aspect to it where they come together once a week and they have uh their their tutors come in and they teach some of the more intensive things to your kids, some of the things that maybe you feel like are just a little bit outside of your depth. Or, um, and, But you know what they do throughout? And I just had a conversation with Classical Conversations today is that they're now, they're now, uh, they're, they are now able to provide uh, education for kids, but they're also getting, getting their parents' degrees at the same time. And it is so cool because they're both learning together. Because as in classical conversations, you as the parent, you have to be involved. It's the only way you're allowed to be in classical conversations. And it's such a great working model because they've got kids out there that are so, so smart. They are public speaking. They are joining, uh, they're, they're becoming professors in these call in, in like places like New College and Southeastern University. Even our governor's office is looking to classical conversations to help lead the way in the, for in this homeschool you know movement that we have going on and we just couldn't be happier about them being one of our partners and then the very last and certainly not least because this one is amazing is Edovate. so Edovate is a it's a it's a mother company and it has some some baby companies underneath it. I'm sure there's a more technical word for it but it has these companies underneath it called uh, Bridgeway Academy Elephant Go, Curriculum Express, and Discover. We as the Florida Citizens Alliance have chosen to partner with uh, Bridgeway Academy and their their curriculum, which is Discover. Now, I'm just going to tell you briefly about their curriculum, and I'll just pop over on the the Bridgeway for a moment. But their curriculum, Discover, is wonderful because it is a faith-based, God-centric curriculum that comes in what I like to call two flavors. So the first flavor is outwardly outwardly faith-based you know scriptures referenced um definitely faith-based the other is the exact same curriculum with just the faith stuff removed so you can teach the exact same curriculum in the in the same classroom with children that are you know that are learning in a secular you know the secular or 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 faith-based uh so that is wonderful and it doesn't hurt that it's like beautifully written and it's not using so like they they wrote their own math so it's not like they're not using like Singapore math or something like that they have their own people in house that mm. have really worked hard on that and it's very mm. good product next is they have we uh, the other product that we're using with them or service that we're providing to parents and micro schools is uh, through Bridgeway Academy so uh, all of our public school systems use what's called an SIS, and I'm pretty sure it's like a school information system portal. Uh, here in Lee County, we use what's called Focus. And I, I don't know about you, but it's not very user-friendly, especially not for parents. But but every school district needs one because you just need a way to keep track of records, to keep track of just everything, attendance, you know, just all the stuff. Well, Bridgeway Academy, because they're a faith-based company, because they're believers, and because they, they have the end user in mind. So they've created an SIS, a portal for uh, their parents to use or for organizations like ours to use that's really going to help us streamline this whole process, not just for our ambassadors and for our potential founders or parents, but also for anyone that wants to open a micro school. Because when you when you uh, start a micro school, you can you with Bridgeway Academy, you have a. Uh, 
record keeping, the transcripts, all that fun stuff. But the best part is, is that you can still graduate your kids with an accredited diploma, a nationally recognized accredited diploma. And for anyone wanting to go into like government work or some of the those upper level positions in life, you know, that that's a really important thing. And I think it's something that homeschool parents kind of overlook. I know I sure did for a long time until yeah, just recently. But those are those are our providers. But the best part about what we do is not any of those providers. It is people like Brittany who are sitting right there. And the best part about what Florida Citizens Alliance is offering right now to the residents and people of, of the state of Florida is our ambassadors. Our ambassadors are being trained right now to become experts in these different curriculum providers and in the laws and in, in the in the laws that govern our homeschoolers, micro schools, private schools, you know, et cetera, et cetera, to help consult and get parents get kids out of public schools and get parents into the right alternative as education solution for them, the one that best fits them. So of, of all of this, I have to say that I'm so thankful that people like Brittany just took that leap of faith and were obedient to God's calling, because that's the big thing right here. We as parents, we as a community, if we want to change this, we want to change the course of the direction that our country is headed on. We have to come to the to come to the reality that our country was founded on biblical values. You may not like that, but that is the fact. Mm-hmm. And that is why our country is great because it was founded on something real. And if we don't bring that back, there's no hope for us. So I am so thankful for podcasts like this and for people like you, Brittany, because you are the one, you're the change maker here in the room right now. And I am so thankful for just even this opportunity. Aww. So thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. And ditto. Okay. You are a change maker as well. Christy didn't tell you this earlier, but she ran for school board. So it's not like she was just sitting there twiddling her thumbs, being upset with her school system. She went out and did something about it. And she's leading this initiative. And I'm so, so thankful that you took this role um, and are helping all of us, like you said, just learn more, be more educated on this subject and each of these providers. Of course, there are other curriculums and things out there. But what I love about Florida Citizens Alliance and what they've done is they've already vetted all of these companies. So, you know, I've been kind of telling people it's kind of like a one-stop shop, right? Like it's super overwhelming to kind of deep dive yeah. into the world of homeschool if you've never done that before. And and like, you know, which kind of math do we want and which curriculum is right for us? But what I think is beautiful is that they've sort of done a lot of that work for you. And we can just present you with each one, how they work, how they would work best for your family. And then you guys, you and your husband or you and your spouse, you and your wife, whoever get to decide what's best for your kiddos. So um, I think what would be, I was trying to think through as you were talking, what would be the best place to direct people if they want to get more information about maybe starting a micro school in their area or having a one-on-one chat with you or me or any of the ambassadors in their area um, in regards to start starting a homeschool program with their kiddos. What, what would you say to that? Well, uh, you can you can head on over to our website because that's probably the easiest. It's www.goflca.org. And from there, you should be able to very, It's I've been assured, you should be able to very easily find our uh, micro school initiative. And, and then from there, you can actually uh, find your specific ambassador for your area. And if there is not an ambassador for your area, then you can just get in touch with us. It'll, that will get that will get in touch with me. And I'm happy to give any of you my email address today. It is Christy at goflca.org. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-Y at goflca.org. And I am happy to send you to one of my ambassadors or help you become an ambassador yourself. That's true. We do need more ambassadors. So if you're in a county or little hub of counties that doesn't have one yet, and you are very interested in helping other parents find a solution, definitely reach out to Christy on that. And I will put that in the show notes, the email address and the website 
So you guys should be able to just click it and go right to it if that interests you. Um, the last thing that we will really quickly do a plug on is we have an upcoming event with the actor Kevin Sorbo. It's going to be in the villages here in Florida. And Christy, can you share the details on that? And that way, if sure. people want to have an in-person interaction and deeper understanding of what's going on, they can join us there too. Absolutely. I don't have the actual location right now. Um, but I uh, didn't have prepared with that. But on June 6th, from 2 to 5.30 p.m. in the villages, uh, Hercules, a.k.a. Kevin Sorbo, and his wife, Sam Sorbo, which if you're a homeschooler or you know anything about homeschooling, you know who Sam Sorbo is. Uh, they will both be here, and they're going to, uh, they're going to just tell us a little bit about their story, how they came to how they came to homeschooling, why they think um, why they think that what we're doing with Florida Citizens Alliance and this micro school movement is so very important. And they're going to be book signing and you get there's a whole meet and greet tickets right now, I think are $89. Uh, but there is a I think that there's a little bit of a discount if you get a whole table. I know that's what we're doing. Um, and it's just going to be a great event. Uh, we also are looking forward to doing the keep keep an eye on our website. We'll be hosting some more events, uh, especially up like towards the panhandle, probably within the next month or so. Uh, and um, if you want any more information, like I said, please, please reach out because the only way we're going to save America is if we save our kids. And the only way we're going to save our kids is if we get them out of these public schools. Yes, girl. Oh. So good. Well, thank you, Christy, so much for chatting with me today. This was great. I know that was a lot of information, guys. So like I said, feel free to reach out to Christy, go to the website, reach out to me, find your local ambassador. We would love to just have like a little one-on-one -on -one call with you. Um, that's what I've been doing is just, you know, yeah. sit down for coffee or jump on Zoom or just jump on the phone. I know we're all busy these days, but um, we're rolling into summer and I know that I want to have a game plan for next school year because, and just speaking from experience, I've been saying, I'm going to pull my kids out for three years, Christy. Um, and I have never quite felt equipped to do it. And I never really came up with a game plan over the summer so that I could do it. So I would just encourage you, if this is resonating with you, if you've got that tingly, like heart beating fast moment that the Lord sometimes does to us, reach out, let's chat. There's no obligation to start a school or pull your kids out or homeschool or anything. It's just a conversation so that mm -hmm. you're equipped with more information and you and your family can make the best decision for you. So. Thank you again, Christy. And um, thanks, guys. I'll see you on the next episode. I will make your name famous from now on so people will praise you forever and ever. Psalm 45, 17. If you liked today's episode and want more info, check out lifejesusstyle.com and hashtag lifejesusstyle on social media.